0: Welcome back to another episode of Therapeutic Rep. As always, I'm your host, Jay. And we got Mel, still. Big Mel, man. What's been going on, man?
1: We here, man. Football football started today, but we ain't, we ain't talking about that much,
0: you know. Yep. Uh, Took last you know, week we had, off, man. You had a birthday. My wife had a birthday. Labor Day. So it was a yep. whole lot going on, man. So we couldn't record, but we back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was Labor Day, though, so. I mean, are we supposed to record on Liberty? I
0: don't think off. Jesus would be pleased yeah. with it.
1: <laughs> 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 nah, I don't think. I think we did the right thing though. But took a week off, man. We'll see. We'll see how uh, how engaged the audience stay after a
0: uh, week hiatus. Yeah, because big holidays are coming up, man. I don't know if we should record episodes for Christmas and Thanksgiving. We
1: got to, because people need stuff to listen to uh, while they're at the crib. On vacation, chilling, drinking eggnog and all that stuff, man. So we definitely gotta do that and we'll plan ahead. Maybe we'll pre record something and make sure we drop it.
0: You know, and do it that way. Sounds like the win. Easy money, man. So what's uh, uh what's what's troubling your heart and mind now? Well, I mean,
1: twenty twenty as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> twenty twenty as a whole, man. Like uh I like if you was to do like a drag of uh uh worst years ever 2020, it'll be like maybe a top five pick. It, it, it's definitely lottery, it's I, definitely lottery
0: <clears throat> in our lifetime. It's definitely number one, but you know, <laughs> right, I, right. I'm, I'm thinking of stuff like Great Depression, I, that, that might be up there, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's up there. So, but yeah, you're right. In our lifetime, the last. Forty years, right? Yeah. If we do forty years, I'm trying to think of a year. You know, now we've had events that right. was bad, but I'm trying to think of a year, um, in the last forty years. Um, I don't know if we had nothing like this. Nah, you know, uh, nah. I but mean, if you go we, back further, of course, the '60s, civil rights movement. Um, but still,
0: like, uh, like a, a global pandemic, you lose mm-hmm. a a hero, a icon. Um, mm-hmm racism is still here. Yeah. Um is in the White House. They 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 didn't have a daggone on uh, March Madness tournament like I I know that I don't know I don't, I don't
1: know <laughs> if that one I don't know if that one, <laughs> I don't know if that one fit in there, man. But, but that's big that like that's
0: big for me like so I don't know, man. Like the only thing that 2020 has brought me good was the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. And right. as as a lifelong fan, like I would still give twenty twenty away, and, and like for that, for that, no, no, like like you could take the Super Bowl oh. back. I like, dude, for you, a regular, just a regular year, yeah. just
1: bring back Kobe, Black Panther, yeah, bring back, bring back. Uh, I mean, but really though, is it is it a good thing that the grass has been cut and we we're able to see? the clear-cut and blatant racism from some people and sometimes it's it's covert, sometimes it's over, but is it good that we're seeing it? Is it good that people are being and, you know, open about it and it's it's rearing its ugly head? I like is it. Is it is that a good thing?
0: I like, I like it. it. I mean, I'm the type of guy that when I when I get a burrito, I always unwrap it cuz I want to see what's inside of it. So don't uh don't ever Try to surprise me with it, like I, <laughs> I'm gonna unwrap that thing, like you know what I'm saying. So yeah, I I like to know what what's who's who and what's what. So, right. Yeah. Don't. Um. It's so it's weird it's, though. I guess
1: it's a a civil line in there, man, because I, I it's like one of those things is if you let something fester, um, if you don't expose it and deal with it, it like it like a wound. If 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 you was to look at America like a human body, and if you was to look at the the uh, injury or, you know, or the stab wound of racism, you know, embedded in America from its, uh, you know, from its birth. Right. But we covered it up with a Band-Aid and we never dealt with it. And, you know, that that so is festering, is infected. Yeah. And all of that. So um, every time we try to open that Band-Aid and see how ugly it is. Someone has to tell us that it doesn't exist and we keep moving past it, and we never deal with it. We never pour the peroxide in there. We never pour the alcohol in there. So you got to crack some eggs to make an omelet, and I think we're trying to crack those eggs, and we have people that's trying to avoid it because they're saying it's causing division.
0: Well, I, I agree with that. I really don't think that I was as aware of like widespread racism as I am now. Like I think that if you would have asked me in 2017, 2018, are we getting better or worse, I would have said better. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like like I think I think that I kind of looked at my own life, like I've had up until recently, I've had less racial encounters uh than previous. So I kind of felt like well, maybe it's getting better. Or maybe you're just a big dude that people are not going to disrespect because they don't know what you're going to do. You know what I mean? Well,
1: was there a time, not recent, but was there a time, you know, because, of course, for all of us, we grew up probably not seeing any type of uh, overt racism, right? But was there a time where you felt like someone demonstrated blatant, overt racism right in your face?
0: Well, <clears throat> there's two terms. I think one hit me after the experience was over, and then the other one, like I knew it was racism as it was going, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so the first one, man, I was uh, in food line, uh, right there on Coliseum Boulevard, it used to be called Chapman Street, right there near Peck Elementary or whatever. And it was an old, like, this is a black community. You know what I'm saying? And it was an old white lady, man, um, and she was trying to get some toothpaste, but it was too high for her. And I just walked over, just being nice, man, the way my mom raised me. I reached up and grabbed the toothpaste and, and tried to hand it to her, and she said, I don't want anything that you've touched. Mm. And I was like, huh, okay. And so I put it back up high and walked on off. And then when I left, I was like wait a minute, I think she might be racist. Right. <clears throat> right. And I was I was like 15 when that happened. So the, the overt racism, like the dead in your face racism, man. I was 16 in school and um, I had backed into this girl. There was two girls behind me and I was up playing because that's what I did. And I backed into one of them and I turned around and apologized to the girl I thought I backed into. Uh, her name was Erica and the other girl name was Corey. So I, I thought I had backed into Erica, and I, I was apologizing, and then Corey's like, wait a minute, you backed into me, you shouldn't be apologizing, blah, blah, blah. And like she's yelling like and, and poking me in the face with her finger. And I'm like, wait, well, what the heck? So I take her hand off of my face and put it to her side and said, hey, do me a favor, try not to touch me. And she was like inward and spit, boom, right in my face. So 16, I'm like, wait a minute. So, you know, I, I knew, like, what I'd seen in books. Like, this ain't what you're supposed to do. So, I, you know, I, I grabbed her and uh, tried to restrain her real quick. And I was like, hey, man, if you ever think about spitting in my face, I'm going to have to kill you. And I let it go. And I went to go get the teacher. And, dude, she called my name. And instinctively I turned around. As I turned around, more spit to the face, bro. At this point, I'm like, man, this is crazy. And so I grabbed her, man, and I'm trying to uh, subdue her, you know, to keep it uh, light and airy. And I'm like, yo, and and so everybody else is like, yo, Jay, stop, stop, stop. I'm like, nah, y'all should have stopped her from spitting on me. And then the the teacher came and grabbed me, yo. uh, The dude, man, I'll never forget, man, he was like, Yo, what's wrong with you, man? That that's a white woman, yo. They're about to try to put you under the jail. I was like, yo, she's oh, speaking my who face. T- who said that? The the teacher, his name was Mike Crenshaw, uh, uh,
1: and he he was a person of color.
0: Yeah, black man, like like, the, it, wow. And I'm in eleventh grade, and nope, he's the second black male teacher that I had that wasn't a PE teacher. The first one was uh, Mr. Brandon, the science teacher, but. Mm-hmm. Um, every other black male teacher I had was like a gym coach, you know what I'm saying. But uh, Mr. Crenshaw he, and like so, so we're talking, and he's like, "Bro, like I understand what like." So when when I told him that she spit in my face and called me the n word, like he got upset in his face. You know what I'm saying? Like you can see, like now that he's he's upset. Like now nah, you shouldn't have to deal with that, but he's still trying to like coach a future man and a future black man like in the ways of the world he like bro, like listen they don't care about none of that you know what i'm saying he was like uh i i think he said something like yo they going to try to they going to try to uh bring the book to you man but don't don't take what they're selling or something like that don't buy he said don't buy what they're selling and i was like i and i didn't get it or whatever but anyway long story short man uh I got suspended and um, she got suspended and I had to go to court and all that, do, do community service. And, and they said that, and I was like, yo, this is like self Like I was assaulted. And then they said that when I took her hand off of my face and told her not to touch me, that was assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looking back on the now, now with an adult mind, I was like, wait a minute. So her poking right. me in the face with her hand is not assault. But me removing her hand from my face was assault. You know, that that doesn't make sense. And it didn't really make sense to a 16-year-old kid. But, you know, I was just thinking to myself, man, like, it was so weird but commonplace that, like, whenever I told anybody that story that was from our neighborhood, they was just like, Man, she crazy. Like, nobody even was appalled that it happened. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's because we were from the South or whatever, but, like, no one was like, hey, you, sh- you shouldn't have had to deal with that.
1: Right. So, I, I, two things jump out right away, right? Um, one, definitely if she used the N-word, that's a slur. But we, you know, at that at that time when we 16, we're not we're not hip to workplace policies, school policy and all that stuff. We don't understand that, you know, it's, it's something in black and white that says, hey, this is a form of harassment by you using this racial slur.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. And,
1: and these are the consequences. And I still don't know if the school had those things in place because the workplace is just not getting those things in place.
0: Um and believe it or so, not, and, and believe it or not, Melvin, and like so you know I've replayed this in my head several times, yo. There was three different occasions where she called me a nigga in that exchange. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So but right. like no one even addressed that. Like as I'm re recanting the story and telling them, like, none of the authority figures even ever addressed that.
1: Right. And of course they're not gonna do it. Like I I, I, I don't see Like, it's just not a lot of uh, that type of integrity where you will see a person not of color hear a person not of color use a racial slur and then say, no, that's not going to happen. We're going to do something about that, right? You don't see that. But what you do see is someone that knows policies that are going to make them abide by those policies, if those policies exist. And in the school system, I don't know if it did, right? Right. So, so, and, and I see that, even in the military, um, you know, in a government setting, well, the policies are there and people know the policies and you would still see people not take racial slurs uh, seriously. Right? You you just wouldn't see that. So that's the first thing that jumped off at me. That was a racial slur. She, you know, she could have got in some type of trouble for that, she was supposed to get in some type of trouble for that just for using those slurs. Now, and that was racially uh, uh, motivated. Now, the spit, you, you, can you say that she spit on you because you was black? Um, you could have that feeling like, I don't think you would have done that to someone else that wasn't black. Like, you really had so much uh, disregard for me and you really had that much uh, hatred in your heart for me that you thought it was fitting for you to spit in my face.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, like that's the only thing I could come up with, like, what would make you think that it was okay to spit in my face. You know right. what I'm saying? You you had to yeah. consider me less than you because you wouldn't want yeah. anyone to spit in your face.
1: So let me bring this thing up. So that's that's years ago. That's when you were 16. So then, fast forward to 2020, and you started the show asking me, You know what's 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 in my heart right now and I said 2020. So um of of course the band-aid has been removed we see the wound for what it is Um, and a lot of people don't like that people are trying to address it and that looks a lot of different ways. For instance where everyone in the sports world trying to either kneel in protest or do whatever in protest um, you see a lot of people that decide not to, and I'm very curious on why the people who decide not to kneel in protest are the very ones that are not black players or coaches why 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 is it always non blacks that say I'm not gonna kneel? so what they're pretty much saying is... The people who we're kneeling for to try to get protection for and equal rights for is less important than my allegiance, I guess, to police or, in some cases, when you're kneeling for the anthem, the flag itself. If you like, if you just think about it, the flag and police. I'm standing uh, on their side. If you was to draw a line in the sand. And on one side, you got the flag and the police. And on the other side, you got black lives. When you stand, you're saying, I'm choosing the side of the police and the flag.
0: I mean, that's, that's definitely a way to look at it.
1: That's how I look at it. Like, I, I always look in that face and, you know, when I seen the L.A. Rams kneeling, and it's mostly black players kneeling, and I see their quarterback Who was a white quarterback standing But still locked arms with him I want to know what's going on through his mind Why stand
0: Well I'm not capable of answering that question Because I have a whole Total different View of The flag and the standing And the kneeling and all of that uh, Which I discovered When I was in Japan Like Okay. In, in Japan I'm not in this country but on on the American military base we still have to uh stand and salute the flag every morning right and then when you lower the flag we got to stand and salute the flag every evening right so I got to thinking man like America really worships this flag like okay. like it's a sign of, it's a, it's a, it's a sign of worship And then I got to thinking to all the things that happened to black people while this flag flew high in the air, waving. You know what I'm saying? These these, uh, broad stripes uh, is what they say in the song, right? Like, like, dude, like, people were hung from trees. People were set on fire. People were dragged by trucks. People were lynched. People were, uh, uh, killed for crimes that they didn't commit. People were mass incarcerated, mm-hmm. all under the watchful eye of this flag. Mm-hmm. But but the flag is more important than these people is is the is is what we're saying. And and this is right. this is even before we even started getting into this. Like like of course you know me. Like I've been saying this long before. I haven't stood for the National Anthem since I got out of the military.
1: Right. Period. Since, since, it, since, since
0: it was your job, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right. while it wasn't and, my job, I did it. But yeah, I can go to and, a game and, and they the say, uh, all rides for the singing of the National Anthem. And I sit there. Right. And anybody, any And anytime somebody says something to me, I'll say, hey, listen, I'm a disabled veteran. Are you? All right. You should probably right. stop talking to me. You know what I mean? And because I have right. I, I fought for the for the right for you to choose to stand or not. So I'm gonna and, and, and exercise for, and my for me
1: to choose not to. Yeah. You <laughs> I fought for my right to choose not to, right? Yeah. So and, and, and I think the same way that you think, um, while I'm in uniform, um, you know, I signed a contract and I'm I'm gonna do it I'm gonna honor my contract. And it's my job to to salute the flag. And to stand for it when the colors display. I you know, I do that for money. Yeah. Right. That don't mean it's in my heart. So when I'm out of uniform and when I'm retired, that stops. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it just stops. It's not, I don't have, I'm not under contract and it's not my job to do it. Now that patriotism, um, which feels like a, a form of religion that patriotism, What does that come from? How do, how do you become a patriot? How do you feel patriotic? And I think what Cap was doing when he was kneeling is like, how can I be patriotic to a country who looks at my people the way they look at, at my people? And, and who treat my people and have a history of treating them like that. And you haven't really repented from that treatment. It's some things you have stopped after you've lost a battle of so much civil rights and all these mm-hmm. other things that like when, look when the only way you can treat me proper is after I finish fighting from it or fighting for it and snatching it from your cold dead fingers you didn't want to do it, you, right. you did it because you kind of had to right? but then at, at, at that point you still don't repent from your poor treatment of me, you just pacify me with Less a harsh, harsh treatment You yeah. get what I'm
0: saying and, and and it's crazy man Cause you know Just sitting back And thinking about the flag And thinking about Like being young So at 19 I'm 18 I'm in the military And um Of course you're in the Navy So we, we go through this thing Man it, it, It's all night long It's called battle stations And when you first mm-hmm. get into uh, Boot camp Your you little hat says recruit And uh you, you do this battle stations, it's rigorous. It's it's tough on the mind, tough on the body, you know what I mean? Uh sleep deprivation and everything. And at the end of it, you stand in this room and they play uh Proud to be an American and, and the national anthem and they got the flag waving and they got the flags on the screen <clears throat> and you get your hat that say like Navy. Yeah, Yo, you remember that? Yep. Yo, I cried. I cried. Yeah. I I I was I proud To be an American. So, so, like, I can honestly honestly, say. So, at that time, it was just like, yo, I've earned the right to serve this country. You know what I mean? Like, So, I was just a recruit. Now, now I'm in the Navy. You know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. looking back, from a from a very clear eye, uh, America never seen me as an American. You know, uh, well, European Americans never seen me as an American. You know, they they see me as less than what they are. Right. Well,
1: and 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 I, and I don't want to make it all inclusive like that.
0: No, 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 no. And and I'm not saying I'm not saying everyone at all. But I mean, there is a fact that anyone that this country has wronged uncle Sam that's that's what I was saying. Uncle- yeah yeah let us let's stop yeah we'll say Uncle Sam anybody that Uncle Sam has wronged right he has made an atonement for his wrongs except for black people mm-hmm.
1: right. except for
0: black people now the atonements right. if you ask me are sometimes less than what they should be uh when you think about the the Native Americans mm-hmm um, the people um, of Japanese descent that was placed in concentration camps, I think they could have atoned the wrongs a little bit better, but they made zero efforts to atone their wrongs to to black people.
1: Right. And then, <clears throat> and in and fact, then, they they promise something. Sound fights it. Fights it. Anytime you try to bring it up and get atonement for it, they fight it to the nail.
0: Oh yeah. <clears throat> right. And and almost. You know, one of the worst places to be, and, and guys, if you're listening to this, like, and, and you have tough skin, because you gotta have tough skin, you gotta be uh, mentally tough to do this, go to any story posted on Facebook by a news channel uh, that, that has something to do with black people, uh, black man does this, or the NFL does this in support of Black Lives Matter, and just start reading the comments. Oh, man,
1: the comments just bruh,
0: I mean it and, and you're like, man, it's so much hate, but why but yeah. why? like and and that's the only question that like i like I have why do you, someone who was born mm, let's say nineteen eighty why do you hate people that did nothing to you
1: because because of the audacity? Or did I said right because of the audacity that we have to fight for more equality like we they, people feel that the country has made so much progress that there's nothing else left to ask for when it comes to equality right just be okay and satisfied because there's no other country in their eyes better than America number one number two uh, we got it good number three We've 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 gave you so many different actionable items. Whether it's affirmative action, for some reason they think that's a black thing, that's a minority thing, not black, right? Uh, a yeah. white female is a minority, mm-hmm. so affirmative action uh, uh, works in their favor as well. Um, but they feel like we've you know it's so much misinformation and so much bigotry out there. Uh, what they feel is whenever we ask for more. We have the audacity to even do that And uh, it rubs people The wrong way
0: Well here's Here's the thing that like you probably Never will see Someone sitting In front of their plate full of chicken Asking for more chicken So if if Things were equal Then we wouldn't have to ask for equality Mm -hmm. You you know what I'm saying So so like It's it baffles me like that that you would get upset that someone wants to be treated fair but that's all that everyone wants mhm you know what i mean like so if you like i've been discriminated against you know for being black and i've been discriminated against for being a man i've been discriminated against for being big i've been discriminated against for you know, several different things, and none of them feel good, right? None of them feel worse than you know what I'm saying. So, like, even the the majority or whatever, like, you know what it feels like to be discriminated against, and you don't like it. So, why would you perpetuate that to someone else? Right, and 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 specifically when it comes to
1: police brutality and we see you know from our eyes not looking at statistics that you know that show whatever you wanted to show but when you see from our eyes i don't like the way um neighborhoods of poor people and a lot of ne- those poor neighborhoods are predominantly people of color right mm-hmm. i don't like the way the police patrol those areas looking for crime then when they're starting to look for crime and, um, uh, target people, I don't like the way they treat them doing traffic stops or, um, uh, routine, just, you know, questioning. And I don't like the way they do that. Right. Now when those things turn deadly or turn physical, um, I don't like that either. Now, when we see so many instances where it's done to black people or people of color, and we cry out about it because when it's done, the police officers get no punishment, that's a problem. Your your response shouldn't be that it happens to non-blacks as well, so that makes it okay. There's still an issue with police when dealing with certain neighborhoods. It just predominantly happened to be people of color in those neighborhoods it's some white people in those neighborhoods as well and they might get treated the same exact way but the common theme in this whole thing is it's certain neighborhoods is getting patrolled and done that way right and those certain neighborhoods probably don't have money for lawyers um they probably don't um you know they're not educated on the law um they probably don't even you know um have interactions with the police that, you know, uh, I guess are sophisticated. They, they're they going to respond a certain way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And that's just natural. Like, you know, if, if, if you grew up in a neighborhood your whole life and you never know you got exposed <clears throat> to different walks of life from different areas, you, you're not going to deal with the police the same way. There's somebody that, you know, um, you know, that's in a professional setting who speaks to a lot of professions a lot, you know, it's a different conversation. So yeah, most of the times when you see those situations, yeah, they probably resist. Yeah, they probably talk harshly to the cops. Yeah, they don't trust the cops.
0: And and, and you're only looking at that situation you don't know what happened in this person's background to to make Mm -hmm. that distrust be there. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's, and when people say, well, just comply, just comply, just comply. Like, so imagine, right? someone's about to rape you. And he's like, just comply. You know what I'm saying, like, if I've been wronged by someone who was dressed like this, who's in this profession, it's kinda hard to just comply with yeah. with the next one, because the last time I just complied, I got my rights violated.
1: Which is crazy, because did you, did you see the new video they just released? from the Amad arbury. Yes. Like maybe six months before yep. he had the, you know, the shooting that killed him, he had an interaction with the police that got picked up by the body cam and he just got released. They targeted him from sitting on his car at the park, just chilling. Yeah. And tried to search his car. Yeah. For what? And did you see the way he spoke to the cops? Mm-hmm. Out of frustration and all that stuff. Like, So if they would have killed him at that moment, in some people's eyes, it's justified because he seemed like he wasn't complying, or, you know, he didn't speak to the cops, you know, in a way that, you know, you're supposed to speak to the cop. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's it's just, uh, I don't know, man, just, just like the book D.L. wrote, man, How Not to Get Shot and Other Advice from White People. I never read it, but the title tells it, you know, says it all. Right, right. Um, it, it, it's that's pretty much how it is. Like every time something like that happens, you know, here comes the suggestions and the um, justifications on why it was okay for that for that to happen.
0: And and then you know, I was thinking earlier, man, about like sticking on that same drain, like systematic or systemic racism. And I was thinking about like this opioid crisis, right? Mm. And which which are drugs that uh are predominantly used by uh people uh of European descent. You know what I mean? So when when this happens, like they're telling you that addiction is a sickness and you need help. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And and and, and, the, and the things that happen because of that, like we need to rehabilitate these people and, and send them to rehab and all that but 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 if we just go right back a couple of years to the crack uh crisis you know these people were mass incarcerated they were uh like there was no medical attention given to these people you know what i mean and and i wonder why like like it's evident why but i wonder why like and it's still to this day no one's going back to these people that are still incarcerated behind this crack thing and say hey you know you had a sickness. Let us help you. No,
1: nope, Nobody's going to the kids who grew up in those environments and saying, Hey, you may be suffering from some type of PTSD just from the neighborhood you grew up in. I yeah. mean, if, if Iraq can give a soldier that volunteered PTSD and he or she comes home and able to get the medical treatment that they deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Therapy, uh, Whatever it, you know, whatever it takes to rehabilitate them. Imagine a 13- or 12-year-old kid who's seen in those same type of gunshots in the neighborhood, who's seen people that they grew up with get killed, who's seen their mom or dad uh, in some of the worst situations. No matter what type of PTSD they got, if a, sol- a grown soldier, man or woman, can be affected from what they've seen on the battlefield, and your neighborhood looks like a battlefield. It,
0: it is a battlefield. It, it, it,
1: it is. I mean, that's why they call it Chirac or Fed Nam, or Newport Nam, and all this crap. Yeah, because it's really like a battlefield. Like walking to the bus stop is, you have to you have to have some type of uh, uh, pre-wreck to know how to go to, to the store. Like it's so many things you got to be aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to spot who the drug dealer is, who the killer is, who the rapist is, who's the crackhead. You know how to deal with them, like it's, it's tough.
0: So let me ask you a personal question. Like, so yeah. learning those skills, right? And those skills, I'm sure they've helped you in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can almost go to anywhere and kind of be okay because you trust your ability to identify who is who and what is what. Right. But yeah. So so think back to. Fourteen year old Melvin, like, do, do you think it was fair for you to have to learn them skills?
1: Mm, I mean, all the all the other fourteen year olds that was in my neighborhood, I mean, yeah, it was fair because we all had to learn it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, it's it's fair in that environment, but, um, and, you know, yeah, I wouldn't say it was unfair. It's just it's just unfortunate. I guess it's kind of unfortunate. No, it's not unfortunate because because it's, I, it's I, actually
0: helped. It's, it's yeah, it, yeah. Like it's a survival yeah. skill, but like, but but just think about the moment that you learn those skills or have to learn those skills. How much of your innocence in childhood is gone? Like, you know what I'm saying?
1: I, it wasn't that bad. What we grew up with wasn't. It wasn't on the level of Chicago. No, no, no. And, and, and that's, it wasn't that's no, what it I, wasn't on no level. So I'm not gonna put it.
0: But on but that but that's what I'm getting at though. But like, if you if you just think about it, like, how many people, how many children out here are having their childhoods wiped away because it's a lot of, of the of it's their living, lot. like their their environment.
1: It's a lot, man. It's 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 kids who parents was on drugs who would leave the house for days and they had to, you know, it's probably five or six of them in the house and whoever the oldest is had to be an adult way earlier than they were supposed to. Right. They're, they're, they're getting dinner ready. All right. They're getting their little brothers and sisters up for school. You know, uh, they doing all those type of things. Right. So, you know, we got kids that was doing that. We got, we got people who moms, tried to sell them into prostitution for crack rock. Right. We yeah. got we got kids who ain't had no food in the house. Uh we got we got kids who had to watch their mom bring men in and out, you know, because they was probably selling their own body for crack. You know what I'm saying? So and that's just the effects of what crack uh crack cocaine did in our neighborhoods, which was induced in our neighborhoods, right? Right. So um yeah, like like I said, just that drug alone um, is responsible for a lot of PTSD in some of these kids and a lot of other mental uh issues in some of these kids, especially if you're in the womb while your mom's doing all these drugs. Man. Right? So there's a responsibility there. Number two, to be in a neighborhood that is heavily policed is gonna give you some other type of thoughts about the police itself.
0: And especially like, especially if any of those police officers happen to be cricket, So, mm-hmm. so like, everyone says uh, it's just a few bad apples, a few bad apples. But the saying is one bad apple spoils the bunch. But if you happen to know one of these bad apples and, or knew him as a kid or whatever, or you know what I'm saying, whatever happens where something happened to you or someone that you know, where you now have a distrust for people in uniform, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's trying to atone that before they're telling you just comply with everyone in this uniform? Like, Nobody. Like there's bad people at every job. Like there's bad doctors. But if a, if if a doctor kills a patient on purpose, that doctor uh, at the very least has his uh, medical license. Uh, revolt, right? But if a police officer makes a mistake and kills someone, he's probably going to get paid administrative leave.
1: There, there are there are administrative barriers to protect that police officer in that in their circumstance, and that shouldn't be there.
0: And and I'm not even I'm not even of the ones that say that every police officer that does something and someone dies, and it turns out that that thing shouldn't have happened. Needs to be incarcerated. Like I'm not, I'm not that radical with it. You know what I'm saying? Be- because, like, honestly, if if a police officer's in a shootout and he accidentally shoots a civilian, you know, that wasn't his intent. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's firing right. shots at him. He's firing shots back. Somebody gets hit in crossfire, and the ballistics say that that was the police officer's weapon that hit that. A uh, bystander or whatever, like you know that wasn't the intent, but yeah, if you're shooting at me and I don't have anything to shoot at you with, and you kill me it, it, you know my life is worth something,
1: it has to be better accountability it 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 can't be as easy as a cop shoot someone uh, doing a routine traffic stop. And now they're asking for justifications on why you pulled your weapon and why you, uh, pulled the trigger on your service uh, weapon. Right. It can't be as easy as well. After we did the search, we found said weapon in their car. It, it can't be that, but for, for the public, it's that simple. Right. If, if, if just like the, the guy in Minnesota, um, he was going to his car, and he had nothing in his hand, but he was going to his car, got shot in the back seven times. Once they did the search, they found a knife. So in some people's head, oh, that justifies everything because if he would have got to that knife, the cop's danger would uh, life would have been in danger, so it's justified. But it's not actually, it doesn't work that way. If you educate yourself just a little bit, right, uh, there is a deadly force triangle that has to be met. I don't know if that's totally different from how we do in the military, but if you have a knife, I still cannot shoot you unless you have capability, the opportunity, and the intent to harm me with that knife. You can't have any of those three items uh, without the knife in your hand, (laughs) with your back turned, and all of that. You can't, like, it's not possible. (laughs) It's not possible. Right, right. And,
0: like, and, I tried real hard not to watch the video, but when I seen it, like, he was in close proximity. Like, you could have just grabbed him. Hey, bro, I said don't get in the car. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever, like, I don't know, man. I think it's the the most troubling part for me is, like, uh, the fact that, like, there's a heightened alertness to bad police conduct or police brutality or uh, -or trick-or-happy cops or whatever. And it's still happening. Like, they like, man, we don't care nothing about uh, the alert. I'm gonna fire my weapon when I feel like it and I'm gonna give me some paid administrative leave. Like, I don't think, like, I think now is the time where the police should think twice about firing a weapon
1: right and, and i think that'll help a lot right if 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 you in your thought process is if i shoot this gun and there's no justification for me to shoot it there're going to be consequences i think that'll stop some of it but i think what's going on through their mind is um uh, all i have to do is say i feared and everything is forgiven i'm fine right if if i if i can prove that i i, I had reason to fear for my life i'm fine Right, yeah. and uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be like that. It should you you should it should be so last resort for you to even pull your weapon, more or less shoot it. it that should be last resort. You got a mace, you got a taser, you got a baton, you got so many other things. Flashlight,
0: like first of all, how can you mistake an object in their hand, man? Turn that flashlight on. that's more bright, bro. Look to see Bruh. what's going on. Have a conversation, man. like. Stop or I'ma shoot. Like, what happened
1: what? to a good old Rodney King beating? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, right?
1: I hate to say it like that. That but, wasn't but, right but, either. But, like, but yeah, that was that was excessive force. But you know, uh, at, at least that was you know, hey, let's just take let us take a little anger out on this dude, man. Let's beat him around a little bit. Uh, and I'm being facetious. I know I know that was 100 percent wrong. But I'm saying like. Even they didn't have it. They had a lot of hate in their heart, but they didn't have it in mind that we're gonna we're gonna put bullets in this dude, and we're gonna be fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we're gonna be okay with this.
0: And you know, the worst thing, like like the worst thing, is is the people that say stuff like, "Well, black keep black people kill black people too."
1: I, I look. <clears throat> you know, that's 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 such a horrible. Rebuttal and a horrible deflection of what the issue is—that I wouldn't even give it any—I wouldn't even give it any attention right now, even on this platform. I wouldn't even deflect from it. That, like, that's how my reaction is when someone else says it. But what about black on black crime? Ignore and continue speaking about <laughs> what we're speaking about.
0: Yeah, and then, I mean-
1: and then, if you ever want to bring up black on black crime on a separate, separate, um. Uh, platform a time frame, yeah, or a platform, then we'll do it because I'm serious about that as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it because deserves not, its own. What you're not going to do, right? What you're not going to do is bring up one issue to deflect from another, right? Because I wouldn't come to the black on black crime meeting and say, Well, what about police brutality? That's man. improper,
0: man. Yeah. And, and 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 that's real. Like you 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 don't go to the cancer walk and say, "Hey, man, what about AIDS?" Like you just right. don't. You know yeah. th- th- nobody, these are, nobody, these are nobody two separate issues.
1: 911 said, "Well, what about the other buildings? Well, or what it, about it, Tulsa, Oklahoma?"
0: Yeah, yeah. What
1: about Black Wall Street? Nobody said
0: that. Hiroshima. No, yeah, not, not, nothing.
1: No, no. no if, we're not gonna talk about 911 because, what about uh, Black Wall Street? No, we're not doing it. You talk about Black Wall Street when Black Wall Street is brought up. It's okay to talk about nine eleven when nine eleven is brought up right you know it's it's fine
0: man and 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 I think that's what we have to be um do you think people are not objective because they don't know or because they don't want to know, or they just they just embrace the hate like like what do you think uh, the, the biggest caveat for a, all this is?
1: It it well it it's a lot of things, right? You know, it is it's gonna be different from person to person, but what I can say that I reserve is one, it's a skill to be objective. Man. Right, it's a real yeah. skill. Like, uh people don't understand like um um it's certain things that you gotta have a trained eye for and it's the same thing with um even looking at social issues, you got to have a trained mind on how to even approach it, right? So um, most people go with what's in their heart. And um, if I can use the analogy of fandom and being, you know, a a fan of sports, if you have a team that you're a fan of, there's almost no uh, objectivity or, you know, there's no instance where you can really be objective. Right, you're always going to see it through the lens of this. My squad, and I'm going. I'm going to speak positive about my squad whenever I get an opportunity to. Now, when it's very obvious that there's no way to speak positive of it, they still do.
0: I think that's. So, where I'm like different, though. Else. Like, I've I've always like accepted the shortcomings of whatever. You know what I'm saying, right? Because right. the next level is always to go. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I told you last year, halfway through the season, if this defense don't get any better, like we're gonna be traded. I don't care how good the offense is, we're giving up uh, all sorts of points for no reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I can I can say objectively that like. I might be wrong about X, Y, and Z or I thought this, I was I took the time to learn, and now I feel like this. Like I used to be proud to be an American. And then I like I had to to see what was really going on. And now I'm I'm saying that <clears throat> If Uncle Sam does his work, I could definitely be proud to be an American again if America gives me something to be proud of mm.
1: yeah um yeah but let me let me let me let me speak back to what your question was do Do I think that people um can't be objective because they don't know? Or don't have the knowledge, or is it is it hate in their heart? And I, and I said it's both. But um, and like I said, it's a skill to be objective. And a lot of people that show their bias do it unconsciously. Some people do it consciously, but you do it unconsciously. Like uh, say, for instance, um, um, let's 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 take Donald Trump in the White House. Now, it doesn't appear that he has the ability to um, have the same compassion for non-whites as he do for whites. Like, the, it, the compassion for people that look like him comes way more easier than the compassion that, uh comes for people of color. Now, he might not consciously know that he's being biased, But in his heart, he's doing what his heart is compelling him to do. What tugs him at his heart. So a white person can reach his heart way faster, way easier, right, Uh, and way deeper, deeper than someone like me. It's just like if your kid come to you crying, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hit your heart a lot easier and deeper than if my kid came to you crying. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I I got you. Yeah, because it's a piece of you and you can relate to it. Mm -hmm. Now, so when you you have a room that is split between people who think that we have something to fight for when it comes to police brutality and black people, and then you have people who are non-black on the other side of the room, they immediately can relate better to the police officers because they see police being synonymous with white. Yeah. When when the flag is uh, disrespected in their eyes, they see the flag in America being synonymous with white. So you're going to offend them whenever you take the side of anything black uh, when it's opposing the flag, the national anthem, America, or police. They see that as white. And that's what tugs at their heart they can't have the compassion for, for, for black people when they're dying, especially if they can find fault in them. as it a police record or an alleged um, assault, sexual assault? You know, uh, you deserve it in, in their case.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one thing that you said that I kind of found uh, intriguing and funny was about Donald Trump's ability to show compassion to people that look like him a little easier. You know, it's been my experience that he doesn't show a lot of compassion at all to anyone, but, but you're right, uh, white people, he's, he relates to them a little bit, like, and he doesn't know it. Like, I don't think he actually knows it. You know, like, one of the things about a lot of people, man, is when they start talking, man, um, and they get to go and the truth will slip out sometimes. Mm. And and whenever the truth slips out of his mouth, like the spin of his supporters and the news and all that is like, uh, he was just joking or he misspoke or that's not what he meant. And then everybody just keep riding with it. Yeah. You know, uh, but for me, I think that like, I've this May Like I still couldn't imagine what living in the sixties was and fifties was like. You you know what right. I'm saying? saying? cause, cause it, it it was worse than this.
1: Yeah, there had to be constant pressure every day.
0: I mean, so every like day. the nineties and, and, and the early two thousands was was so far removed from the sixties that like You know what I'm saying Right. That just the peak of it in 2020 You know what I'm saying It kind of gets us all over the place But uh,
1: It's progress to be made though Because I'm pretty sure in the 60s There were some people who had the idea that Look we had y'all slave Not too long ago You should be satisfied with the current state That we're in in America Stop complaining Right. Right. So ima- imagine that. So now we're in the, in situation to where we are in 2020, where we have a lot of black millionaires, even some black billionaires and, uh, you know, all the pro athletes are majority black in most sports, you know, uh, and it's progress compared to the 60s. And some people are saying, be satisfied, like, you know, don't ask for more. You get what I'm saying? Don't ask for more. But we still got a population of 55% in prison Yeah. when it comes to black. And we're only 13% of the population in America. So, And the Constitution says that slavery is abolished except for those that we lock up, pretty much.
0: Yeah. And, right. And, and no one wants to talk about that either, by the way.
1: Uh, uh, so pretty much what you're telling me is we still got slaves and they still majority look like you
0: and me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I'll tell you what, man. You know how normally we'll let the guests uh, give us a mantra or whatever to close out the show. Uh, I want to do something different, man. Give us – I want you to give us, like, some inspiration, some hope. Give us something, man. We need it. 2020 been rough, bro. Uh,
1: No, you don't want me to to get no inspiration. Okay, I, I I do it anyway, and I'm probably gonna split the room with this. Um, Ezekiel 37, read it. Uh, read it all the way to Ezekiel 38, and uh, then get back with us. Um, there is prophecy that talks about um, how some of this is gonna change and how it's gonna change, right? Uh, but it takes a lot of us waking up, and for people to wake up. Some people are early birds Some people get woken up by the long clock um, But some people Get woken up by people Actually going to go wake them up after they missed a the long clock um, So You just gotta decide which type of person You're gonna be Some people are already woke And some people don't like people who Call themselves woke But Ezekiel 37 talks about it So There we go
0: Amen. A little homework from the therapeutic rep uh uh Host, I appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm, I have to do the homework myself. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with it. I am.
1: What we ain't talked about this before? I
0: I'm am. Sure we yeah, about it I am. I am familiar with it, but not, uh not enough that I could like quote it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to uh reread it myself, man.
1: Text me after you read it.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. And for me, man, if if I could say anything inspirational to everyone, man, just keep pushing, just keep pushing. Like, you know, if, if you see tomorrow, then tomorrow's a new chance to get better than today. Just keep pushing, keep pushing, man. Any progress is better than no progress, man. Just keep pushing. And, man, as always, man, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, You can find us on uh, all major platforms, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, Radio Public. That's one of my favorites. But uh, definitely, man, uh, continue to listen, like, share, subscribe. uh, TherapeuticRap at gmail.com, man, let us know. What you think? Leave us a message, man. We appreciate you all. Bless up. Peace.